I have to say this is not a topic I wanted to speak about publicly, uh, ever. Welcome to the Hard Things Podcast with Tessa Tuttle and me, Robin King. From two different continents, we'll share our musings on some of the hard things we face and hopefully encourage you to initiate tough conversations in your own lives. What you're about to hear is a recording of a talk I delivered at a local women's event called Tribe Meetup. I speak about my body journey, about moving from self-hatred to acceptance, healing, and even joy. I'm titling this Reluctantly Body Positive. So we all know the scenario. It's December holidays. Um, and you go into the family. It's been about six months since you saw everyone. And we know after the hellos is the way in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the older women are commenting on the younger women. And did you pick up weights? Did you lose weight? The moms are commenting on the daughters and the sisters and the aunts and everyone is having their say. And you know, you're either going to get scolded or you're going to get applauded for your uh, for how well you've done this last six months, according to the people. Now, depending on which one you received, whether you were scolded or, or whether they applauded you, everyone is now watching you as you eat. So if you were uploaded, we're going to look at what you're eating that I'm not eating and dare you take that quality street <laughs> in the next couple of hours. Uh, if you were scolded, please, please, please don't reach for that second helping of trifle because you will hear about it <laughs> from everyone. You will hear about it. And uh, one of these holidays... Um, my sister and I were still quite young. Um, one of my grands said that I got the face and she got the body. And I thought to myself, yo, I always thought she must be so proud of that. I think it's something that I never forgot. But as an adult, and I'm 34 now and she's just turned 30, as an adult I've discovered that we were both shamed in that moment. And we both felt ugly. Um, in that moment and in subsequent moments after that. And unfortunately, this is, this is, this is how we grow up. This is how we speak to, to one another. This is how we speak in our families. And I have to say this is not a topic I wanted to speak about publicly, uh, ever. <laughs> so when Cleo spoke to me, I actually just felt the Lord say, okay, this is what you need to talk about. So hence I'm also wearing jeans for you guys to do something I also don't like doing. For many of us, our body journeys are, are very painful. Um, they're private. And a lot of the time, our families, our sisters, our partners, husbands, boyfriends don't even know how we are in the back of our minds engaging with our bodies and feeling about our bodies, no matter what they look like. So it doesn't matter if, if um, so my sister's quite skinny and um, you can think, oh, well, she doesn't have, she doesn't have any thoughts, um, negative thoughts towards herself. Um, and, but everyone, every one of us as women, there's a dialogue going on in our heads um, about, this, about this topic. And so sometimes we have to do the hard things and give voice 
to the things that bring pain. And so here we are. Here I am actually speaking about this. So I'll take you back to that Christmas scenario. Uh, I've seen two responses from us as women after that. Uh, amazing Christmas day, amazing Christmas lunch, family hangout. There's two responses. You are either going to furiously bed like knuckle down for the next six months and you're going to do all the things. Find out from your sister, from your sister-in-law, what is the diet that she used, you exercising now, you, you're in it, you're on it. You know, there's accountability. I remember my mom, uh, when I was younger, she was a teacher and they, the, the teachers would all, you know, decide together what is the next diet. So is it the celery soup diet? Is it the three-day steak diet? Is it... And, and so, so that's the one response we have. Um, after our assessment, our annual assessment, is we go and we go crazy and we're like, I'm doing this. And the other response is that we simply ignore ourselves and ignore our bodies and turn a complete blind eye to it. And, and both of those responses, sometimes they come from a well-meaning place, um, but they're both really rooted in self-hatred. Um, and I have taken both of those paths on different occasions in my life. So maybe let's backtrack a little bit. So I went on my first diet when I was nine. Uh, my mom was responding to the annual assessment because we know our kids are, the kids are not exempt from the assessment and nobody's quiet <laughs> when they're making comments and cousins are getting compared. And um, so my mom was responding to the annual assessment and obviously the fear that, you know, as the years go, it'll just get worse. I was a very compliant child, so I went along with whatever eating plan, exercise regime we were doing as a family. But it's never enough. It's never enough. Um, I remember, what was it on? Way less. Way less. This is in the 90s. No? Yeah, it was in the 90s, I think. So uh, I was on Way less, made amazing progress, and I went to the shop with my sister. I'm still in my teens at this stage. And I put on this dress, and I put into a 32 dress. It was so epic. And so now we're going home, because we're just trying on. We were just messing around in the store, and we go home. And I said, oh, my mom, I fit into this 32 dress. And she just rolled her eyes. It was never enough. Never enough. So, as puberty hit, older boys began to notice me and be attracted to the very things that women were criticizing me for. And so here starts this confusion, this external input. On the one hand, you're getting criticized. On the other hand, um, men like what they see. And you don't know, honestly, who to believe. By the time I went to university, I was so out of touch with my body. Um, because of all this conflict, all this conflicting inputs, the external inputs, that I simply ignored it. I never listened to my body signals. Um, I lived on autopilot according to whatever the desires were at the time that needed expression in the moment. And I think, we, I think a lot of us do live like this. Um, <clears throat> once you've tried all the things, you know, you kind of just go on autopilot. 
Of course, there were moments where along the way, where I felt motivated and I was swimming, what's up really? You know, you're getting in there, you've you got a little bit of motivation. Um, but it was always about measuring up to an external standard. It was always about punishment. Um, it was never about listening. Uh, never about love and gratitude for what I've been given. So at age 23, <clears throat> my body decided to give me a wake-up call. I started getting these hectic, hectic migraines. Every two weeks I'd have migraines, I'd be out for like two, three days. Uh, it took about four doctors to figure out what the heck was going on. Um, and they each had different diagnoses, but the, the, the final doctor, she was incredible. She really took her time and uh, diagnosed me with polycystic ovarian syndrome. So for those of you who don't know, this is, this is uh, a condition in your body where your body has too much estrogen in it. And that means it's, it's very difficult for it to reproduce. And it's also very difficult for it to stay fit. And so ultimately, if you want to put it simply, I'd neglected my body so much that it no longer knew how to take care of itself. Unfortunately, I paid attention for a moment. You know, I was 23. I wasn't really concerned about having babies. Um, and I think you get into such a pattern of autopilot that I paid attention for a moment, but the urgency left. And soon you kind of neglect the real work of healing. Fortunately, though, soon after that, I, I was beginning a real journey um, of building a relationship with God um, and really leaning into the idea of, of not leaning on my own understanding and leaning into the idea and the practice of following his instructions. And, of course, this happens in different areas of our lives. We begin to, to relate to God. We begin to take instruction as we go along. And then the body instructions came. It was a super strange story. I was, um, again, you know, that track in your mind, you get motivated. And I was going to go for a run. And I just was so aware of the aggressive, mean thoughts that were going on in my head at the moment. And... God interrupted that, those angry thoughts, and I heard, what I heard was, that's enough. That is enough. No more hatred. You're not allowed to try anymore until you can do it from a place of self-love. All that criticism is you criticizing the creator of the universe's work. Who do you think you are to, cri to criticize what I've made? You are not your own, so that's enough. I don't know how to describe to you how scared I was in that moment. Uh, such holy fear um, came on me in that moment. And I obeyed slowly. Um, it was very hard to obey, but I did. Um, and I'll tell you, learning to love, um, learning to love people is hard enough. Learning to love you is very difficult very difficult. Um, I think the toughest part of learning to love yourself is that until you start the journey of learning to love yourself, you don't know that you don't. And, and, and the level, the depth to which you don't love yourself. 
uh, is only revealed when you try when you journey towards loving yourself. Um, and I think that that's that's the really the hardest part. Um, the thing that I want to focus on, and the thing that we don't often realize about learning to love, is that it doesn't start with starting to do something. It starts with stopping the fight. I know we might think it starts with doing nice things, being better, but it doesn't help to do nice things when your thoughts are still so negative. And so the starting point is stopping the fight. I am tempted. I'm tempted to skip to the part where I tell you about listening to your body and how amazing it is to listen to your body and how I've managed to reverse uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome and um, completely heal my productive system and eating healthy, feeling good. But honestly, you can go on Instagram right now and there are so many amazing influences and people speaking about that. And there will be a longest journey as, as I invite you into it. There will be many more instructions. There will be many more things for you to do. But you have to first just stop. And I'm sure that, that that's the real beginning. I, I think that that's the real deep work, uh, stopping the fight. So before I, I touch on some practical things, I think we need to take a deep breath on that. Um, yeah, I can just even feel in the room. It's, it's tender. It's tender. It's not, it's not stuff that, that I like to talk about and that we like to speak about. Um, and it is easier. It is easier to say, okay, cool, so what do you um, and, 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 and making it about the internal journey is so much harder. And so some of this is tongue-in-cheek uh, in these little, uh, little tips and tricks I'm going to give you, but, but, but really, it is hard work. Um, so the first one in the elements of stopping the fight, okay? So... Let me just rein us in again. We will, we will get to our journey of doing things. And there will be people who speak about our journey of doing things. But I really want to encourage us to just focus on how do I just stop fighting with myself. So the first one is just buy a bigger size. Just buy a bigger size. <laughs> or a different cut. These jeans, okay. I, 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 I fit on these jeans. Well, I, I actually, I fit on another pair. And it was great. But then, as I was walking out the store, I saw another one that had better detail on the side. So I just took it in the same size as the other one that I just fit on, got home, and it didn't fit. And I'm like, seriously, it's the same size. So I go back, and I'm like, okay, uh, let's pick two different ones, and then this time I'll try them all on. Same size, two different jeans. The one fits, the one doesn't. I don't get it. It's not, it's, it, it doesn't actually make sense. So buy a bigger size or a different cut that fits nicely. <laughs> and stop fighting with yourself in the mirror. <laughs> Number two, find out what shape you are and what works for that shape. YouTube's great um, for that. But just find out, find out. And then this is a funny one. 
I hope you'll laugh. Because I hope you laugh because you've done it before. Stop buying smaller sizes for <laughs> You know, you know, you're like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, by December, by December, I will fit into this. It's just one size, come on. It's just one size. If I, if I, if I, if I just do this and this and this, and this by December, just don't do it. Don't do it, don't do it. Do you know, it's really funny, but do you know how, I don't have to say do you know, but you do know how awful it feels every time you try on that thing that you bought that is a size too small. And it's six, seven, eight months later and you still don't fit into it. Like it's just mean. <laughs> it's just mean. Then, and I think we, we were having this uh, conversation at our table a little bit along the hair journey. <clears throat> but I think um, a similar thing applies with regards to your body is we need to stop, avoid conversations around diets and weights and like we just, and if you, you know, I find myself definitely at the beginning um, that I wasn't actually strong enough to say, especially with family, like to say, can we change the subject? And the strongest thing I could do in the moment was walk away. And so if you're going to stop, um, if you're going to stop the war within yourself, just walk away from those conversations. Then the fifth one, have an honest conversation with your mom. She probably has her own body journey. Uh, my mom is tiny, tiny, tiny. And she's a bit shorter than me. Well, she's quite a bit shorter than me. And she was probably at her second pregnancy. After her second pregnancy, she was still a size six. So she's, she's tiny. She's a tiny lady. And I discovered in having an honest conversation with my mom that in her family, in her um, environment, because of how small everybody was, as soon as she was a 34, that was like grossly overweight. So that was her paradigm. So for her to have her 15-year-old already be a size 32 is crazy, you know, in her, in her paradigm. So um, this has been probably one of the hardest things, is to have honest conversations with my mom. Um, I think the one that was most devastating for her is uh, probably a few years back, I was looking for my graduation photos, but I was really making, when I say progress, I mean inner progress, um, in seeing myself better, um, in seeing myself, in, in, in embracing who I am and really loving myself. Um, I had realized at that point that I didn't have a, I didn't, what I was seeing in the mirror wasn't actually what was there. And I was really like not seeing properly. Um, and I was, so I was deep in the journey and I've been looking for my graduation photos and I found them, they popped out and I was at her house and I was like, oh my word, it's my graduation photos. And I took the picture out and I burst into tears and I said, she's so pretty. No wonder the boys liked her. <laughs> and she, I was wrecked because I know what I felt like in that photo. I know what she had said to me about my outfit that day in that photo. 
And I looked at that young woman who was graduating and she was just gorgeous. Like really. And I was an absolute mess. I, 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 I was such a wreck. And I think for her to see me just um, break down, and I think our relationship, we'd had enough of these talks for her to, for me to allow her into the crying space. Um, it was a profound moment for both of us uh, where she could recognize that she sees things in a certain way um, because of how she's been seen. And I think this is what makes tribe so beautiful is that we're, we're, we're giving each other an opportunity to say how I've been seen. And once I understand how you've been seen, I understand the things that come out of your mouth. And I understand the way that you behave. And, 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 and I can meet you there. And you can meet me there. So if it's, if it's at all possible, have an honest conversation with your mom. And then the last one, have an honest conversation with your sister or your best friend or your cousins that you grew up with. Um, that for me was, and it's an ongoing conversation actually with her and I, we've got a lot of trust in our relationship now um, because we do look very different. Uh, so she looks like a typical tall, skinny model. She's light-skinned. She's very obviously coloured. Um, and I am often mistaken for being Kosa or Zulu, depending on which part of the country I'm in. <laughs> and, and, so we, and I'm shorter than her as well. So we, we, we look very different. Um, her hair is also longer as well and straighter. It's quite strange. But anyway, so... <laughs> so... There can often be enmity in your family and in your friendships um, and, and jealousy and misconceptions. I, I, um, how this conversation started for us is she really felt that the Lord was leading her into modeling and she really didn't want to do it. And I was like, I don't understand. Like, it's so obvious. <laughs> and she said that she took me back to that memory, which I had never shared with her about you are the face and I'm the body. And she said she, she felt like that was um, saying that she's ugly and she never wanted to be affirmed for her body after that point. She wanted to be affirmed for her brain. And so now to be challenged to to have people affirm her for her body, she wasn't comfortable because she didn't actually like her own body. And so it was so freeing for both of us uh, to really just talk about it. And now when I ask my sister, how does this look? I know that she's gonna give me an honest answer about how it looks on me. And I know that I'm gonna give her an honest answer about how it looks on her. And so if she's in a bikini and I think it looks fire, I'm going to go for it because I know that, that she would equally affirm me when I send her a pic of my little, um, oh, I found this cute bathing suit with a little skirt. It's great. And there's so much freedom now because there's a conversation and because in the conversation we've realized between us, let's forget about the other people, between us there is no hate, actually. So, these instructions are simple. 
um, they're practical, but you'll be surprised at, at the thoughts that come up in your mind as you do them, as, as the messiness that surfaces um, in you, but it's so worth it. It's, it. it's really so worth it. My heart for you is that after this conversation that we've just had, you don't start doing something. My real hope is that you will stop some things that no longer serve you. My hope is that you will begin to tell the truth to each other and to yourself about your body journeys. This is the one vehicle that you are going to travel with on this earth. It's the one vehicle you've got. And this is not about glorification of the body, but it's about being careful and tender with holy things that God has made. And in closing, I want to read um, Ephesians 2 verse 10. It says, For you are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. Thanks for listening to the Hard Things Podcast. Find us on Instagram at the Hard Things Podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts as you join in the conversation. Also, if you like what you hear, leave a review or rating so we can share the conversation with others from around the globe. See you next time.